Hello and welcome to Shootside. I am your host, Paris Simon. And today we're going to get into something that, frankly, I was pretty terrible at. My little sister was quite a bit better than me. Most people were better than me, and that is showmanship. I think we can all agree that showmanship is a very important aspect of this project because you are leading them, you are showing them when we're judging them to determine who wins and who goes home. And I feel like showmanship is one of those things that unless you have the right people around you or coaching you, it can be pretty hard to learn the elite techniques and the finer details of things that some of these great showmen, uh, whether they're juniors, whether they're adults, it's difficult to learn those things unless you have the right people around you at the right time. So today's guest is going to help walk us through that and really explain to us the process of becoming an elite showman, the things you have to do at home, and the techniques that we're going to use. His name is Kane Agater, and Kane grew up showing shorthorns, and he's from Seward, Nebraska. He's currently a junior at Oklahoma State University studying animal science. And in 2018, he was named the best male showmanship by the best of the Barnes competition. Uh, he also is a public relations chair for the American Junior Shorthorn Association, and he has a passion for shorthorn cattle. Uh, if you've ever flipped through a show circuit here in the last few years, you've probably seen a picture of him. He's won several junior nationals. But more important to this conversation, uh, he has won several showmanship competitions at the State Fair in Nebraska. He's also won the showmanship competition at the Shorthorns Internationals that were held in 2018. So without dragging this out too much, let's go shoot side with Kane Agater. Kane, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks first for having me. I appreciate it. So let's get right into it. Uh, you've spent your whole lifetime uh, in and out of the show ring. And uh, as we said in the intro, you've had a ton of success. So why is why is showmanship important to you? Yeah, so, I mean, I like you said, I grew up, I grew up with it ever since I could walk. I was leading cows around the barn or so on and so forth. And uh, I've, I've had some great parents and some great role models that have really uh, stressed the importance of showmanship to me and uh, really tried to make it a thing that uh, is important and can really make a difference. Um, the biggest difference for me is if you have a good showman, um, it's the difference between first or second place in a class. I mean, if plain and simple, if you have one someone who can go out there and get that cow stuck the way she needs to look, I mean, hard to argue with one that's shown well and presented well. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that I've picked up on since I could, you know, like I said, since I could walk, since I could pick up a show stick and walk in the ring with them. Right, right. And I think sometimes showmanship is the thing that gets overlooked, right? You know, we do so much work at home, whether it's hair care, whether it's the selection of the animal, but, you know, the difference between, like you said, first and second, it occurs in the show ring with a showman. So to echo your thing, I mean, Absolutely. to echo your thought, it, it's extremely important uh, every time you step in the ring. Unless I'm wrong, uh, you've never had a new heifer show up at your house that was uh, ready to go in the ring and, and knew how to work with you. So describe to me, <laughs> what do you do when you get a green broke one in? Kind of how do you get them in the groove? What do you do to prepare them for the first time you take them out? You know, I wish they were that easy when they showed up on the on the on the inside the barn on that day, but uh, it's never the case. 
Um, you know, it all, it starts with day one, right, right when you do get him into the barn. Um, I, you can't stress enough just the amount of practice and effort that goes into trying to break one, get him halter broke, get him leading right, you know, getting him adjusted to the whole show cattle type world. Um, I wish it was easier, but you know, it, it is a little bit of a grind and a grit to it. Um, for us, it always starts with getting him halter broke and that's uh that's simple enough you know we always try to bring him in a couple at a time we're gonna throw a halter on him we're gonna tie him up and we're gonna let him stand there we'll mess with them with a show stick you know scratch him move feet try and get him used to that whole deal that whole process because inevitably the more comfortable they are with it at the end of the day it's gonna and you know it's gonna help whether you're showing them whether you're gonna sell that calf Mm -hmm. you know and it's gonna go to another family that's gonna help them just as well so you're you're you get them tied up, and before you even start working on getting them shown, I mean you're just rubbing that stick all over them. It sounds like absolutely, it's just all about getting them comfortable with it because obviously it's a whole new thing for them. And the worst thing you want to do is be trying to hold on to a really really angry calf that doesn't have any idea why you're poking and prodding at their feet for the first right. time. So like, how many days will you do that? Like, you know, until. Is there a specific amount of time that you'll just kind of leave them tied there and scratch them? I mean, obviously, it's going to be, you know, not days at a time where you leave them tied up. You're going to let them loose and stuff at some point. But what, what, what's that timeline look like if, if I don't know any better? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen a lot of success. We've seen a lot of success um, with, you know, that week, week and a half area. Um, the first couple of days, about the first four to five days, we're bringing them in. We're going to tie them up. We're going to leave them under the fans. We're going to get them adjusted to the barn, you know, do the show stick work. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get them more comfortable, you know, we'll kick them out at night even sometimes with the halter on them so they can get used to walking around with it on them before I even have to go around and try to grab that halter and trying to leave one to the washer. Right. You're trying to make that transition as effortless as possible when you're trying to break one that's green or maybe a little spookish or scared when it comes to that whole deal. Cause you know, you're new to them. They're new to you, the whole barn and getting them in fans are blowing. It's loud. Blowers are going. It's loud. Right. You know, they, they definitely have to have that time to adjust. Right. Right. So patience is key is what you're saying. Absolutely. Now what about when you're trying to teach them how to lead? Cause that can be a, a challenge. I mean, is there any, uh, tips and tricks because i know personally the stuff i sell i mean we can kind of lead them but not lead them like you want them to lead in the show ring so explain to me that process from you got them tied up now you're trying to lead them around the barn to eventually we're leading them with their head up in a, in a show halter there's different things that we've utilized um you know the best thing you can do um when you are kicking them out there in the night and some of them do have the halter on them or you know, whether it's an hour a day, you're putting them out in a run to walk around with that halter on, you're going to get them used to it. So then you're going mm-hmm. into a whole nother ballpark when you start grabbing and tugging and pulling on their head like that, they have to figure out how to react. And the best thing right. you can do is, you know, you give, them, you give them that slight warning tug or that attention little tug to understand that, okay, this is where I, I have to go. And then the best part is, you know, I understand it's hard to have two people. Uh, working calves sometimes but uh, having someone to tail them is another thing that's going to get them used to that especially when they're in the ring they understand when you want them to move up and pull up or you know when you need to walk so on and so forth right now when you're starting to lead them 
are you one of the people that give them a little more slack? Like you're not right up in their face. You've given them a couple feet to and, and some absolutely. space, and then you kind of gradually work in. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it goes back to that whole transition process where it's all new to them. You know, I think it's a great thing to give them some slack and you get a tailor behind them. Someone who's going to, you know, mm -hmm. get behind them and start trying to make them understand that they walk with you. You don't walk, you don't walk them. It's you're not walking the dog. You're leading right. that heifer or that steer, which is what some people, I mean, can understand and some people struggle with that you know it's quick to get frustrated right. and just start yanking and pulling and that's the exact opposite of what you want to have happen so you're giving them so when you're first starting them you're giving them a little slack and you're just to be specific for the listeners you're tugging them it's not a constant pressure situation you're just giving them a little tug to try to encourage them to lead behind you or and listen to yes, you, absolutely. Absolutely. I think sometimes, and I've seen it with the younger and the newer families to this, I mean, they'll give them the constant pressure. They're right up on their face, right out the get-go. And uh, most calves don't respond well to that. You know, you got to give them some space. You got to give them a little bit of, uh, you got to teach mm -hmm. them, right? Um, so absolutely. after you get done, you know, let's say you got that calf leading and, and you go through this, you know, several day to several week process of teaching them how to lead they're used to the show stick and you're working with them now right kind of describe to me what your kind of daily or weekly routine is how often are you working showmanship with these cattle how often are you messing with them just kind of tell me a little bit more about that yeah absolutely and i i grew up with one of the greatest coaches i've ever could ask for and my mother and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's hard. It's a grind as a child to, or as a younger kid to try and, you know, get up and get out there every day, but that's exactly what it takes. You need to have interactions. Right. You need to be rinsing that animal and doing showmanship every single day. You know, there were times when I was eight, nine, just kind of, you know, getting better at showing. And I would, you know, I'd lead them up in the, in the aisle and I'd set them up and I'd, try and walk them into it and uh i'd be scratching if i if my mom didn't like it you better believe i was i was walking doing a full circle and trying again and there were times where i we would do that for hours because uh she wanted she was she's a perfectionist she wants the best and you know that's it's great to have that person motivate you but when there's no one there and it's you working on your animals you also have to have that discipline in order to set aside 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes for showmanship on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Right. Now you just said an important thing there that uh, I find that some of the newer families don't know that you're walking those cattle into place. I mean, how much are you touching their feet when you show? To be completely honest, if I can control it as little as possible, because that's going to make that heifer antsy or that steer antsy and uncomfortable you know sometimes you'll run into one that's really calm and doesn't find their feet being poked and prodded at but the more mm -hmm. you dig in and try and hook that back that back leg or shift that front foot up just a little bit they're going to get frustrated and that's where walking in especially as a younger newer showman 
learning to walk them into it, getting them set up correctly is one of the most important things that you can do when first beginning to show. And I know this is an audio experience and not a visual experience, but I mean, the technique for walking them into it, I mean, what foot are you stopping or kind of how can you describe how you would do it in a simple way? Absolutely. And the first thing, and it's probably one of the most important things, is spacing. If there is a mm -hmm. heifer, you're following That's a good in class. Point. That's an extremely you good point. Not, yeah, you do not want to be up and on top of that female or that steer because you're going to have absolutely no room to work with. So rule, general rule of thumb for me, at least have a calf's length distance between you and the other calf. So just imagine there's that imaginary point. calf there. You have that space. And then that way you see them start to stop. And you say, okay, so then you switch your hands. Obviously, your show stick will then go into your right hand. You'll take the halter. You will turn around. And what I try and do, I immediately will start scratching my heifer on the brisket or the stomach, trying to calm them. And that's kind of an essence to say, oh, hey, it's time to slow, slow my roll from walking and start to think about stopping. Mm -hmm. And so then I will judge them. I, from looking at them being on the show side or the off show side of the female holding the halter, I will look down at the show side front leg, and if it's where, I, where I'm at, where I want it to be, I will stop them. I'll scratch a little more persistent, make it a little more of a thing that I need to do, and then I'll slowly, slowly try and bring those back feet. They should fall into place if they're stepping right, and then I'm going to try mm -hmm. and just delicately bring that off show side front foot up to be in line or maybe even slightly behind are offset of the show side front. So you're keying in on that show side front leg. That is your key foot that you're looking at first. And everything absolutely, else absolutely. Yes. And let's go back to that spacing thing, because I think that is a uh, topic that is probably underutilized. And I think that even goes into when you're leading them, right? When you're circling them around the ring that I see mm -hmm. so many young kids struggle with the concept of spacing and their calf is right up behind end of the one in front of them. But if you give yourself that proper spacing, like you're talking about, even the leading portion of the show ring experience is a lot better. You're not fighting your calf. You're not beating them over the head with your show stick, you know, trying to slow them down. I mean, just uh, give yourself some room to work. Absolutely. It's not a race. Absolutely. And exactly that. I mean, if yours, if you have a heifer or a steer that it looks a lot better being able to just be let, you know, let go and let them walk and let them get around mm -hmm. and move around the ring, that gives you all the room in the world or even more so to try and let that, that animal really showcase itself as far as how sound they are, how structural they are, how good a foot they are, how they're following their track. I think that's great. And then, it, you know, even if a case, if you want to slow them down, maybe they're not quite reaching their stride. You know, you're able mm -hmm. to slow them down and still give yourself plenty of time, ample amounts of time to recognize that that person in front of you is setting up. OK, hey, I got to turn here. I got to switch my hands around. I got to get into that habit of doing that. And we do that a lot when it comes to doing showmanship practice. You know, it's one thing to get them used to the show stick. But walking, walk, learning to walk them into it is one of the most crucial things you can learn, whether you are a beginning level showman or, you know, whether you say you're at that elite level of showmanship. Right. 
I mean, it's just logically thinking it is a lot more efficient, right? You're not touching any feet and you're giving the judge the best look, right? Boom, right there. Absolutely. Right in. Well, you know, and that's another thing. You talked about the judge briefly. You know, when you're in showmanship, one of your key things is to keep an eye on that judge. If you're busy focusing, picking and prodding at legs, you're not focused on the judge, you know, when it comes to the end of the day, especially in showmanship competitions. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, back to the spacing thing, one more. How do you, are you one of the, the type of showmen where you'll pause a little bit when you make kind of your turn? Uh, you know, we make the S turn or whatever to go back clockwise. Do you kind of hold up there or, or how do you, do you wait? Where do you, where do you establish that space? Where do you normally start yeah. that? Absolutely. And it starts right then and there on a general show. You know, you're going to pull into the ring. You're going to be side by side with all the other animals in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best thing you can do, and I had to learn it, I had to learn to be disciplined because I'm so geared up when I'm in the ring that I just want to get out there and do it. But the best thing you can do is, you know, you'll see that female turn and break to t- start walking away from you to start that ass turn like you're talking about. So I give myself a good 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, and not until 1,003, well, then I then switch my hands around to start beginning my, to get my heifer to walk and just get to that ass turn. That's good. That's really good. So going back to, uh, we're, we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, which is my fault, but you talked about keeping your eye on the judge and being focused on judge, which is obviously important. I've seen every range of, I'm going to stare the judge down and never take my (laughs) eyes off of him to I'm off in my own world and I'm not going to look at him at all. Absolutely. Where, where would you say you land in that range? I had, I had one showmanship judge say you make great eye contact, but sometimes you stare through me. And uh, I'll tell you what, that, that showmanship contest actually worked out pretty well. So, you know, it, it's better to have the judges focus in that regard because there I knew he noticed me giving him all the eye contact. I was engaged. He knew I was paying attention rather than have that staring off to the distance. And, you know, you've probably seen this too. Someone will be staring off in the distance or poking and prodding at a leg. And the judge will go to pull mm-hmm. your calf in, you know, and then when they sit there wave, try to pull you in and nobody moves, they'll just stop and go on to the next half. That can be the yeah. change between the first and second. So you're giving them a pretty good bit of your attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in the showmanship contest itself. You know, they're, they're there to judge you as the showman and they want to see how you react, how you act accordingly with your animal. And that, I mean, if they notice that I'm giving them all my attention in the world, then they, I'm already, I'm ahead of the game rather than those kids who aren't. So on that subject, if you're giving the judge a very good portion of your attention and your calf move, right? Um, I'm guessing that's something you're feeling through the halter, right? It's almost like a mm-hmm. second nature thing that you've developed. It's not because you're looking at the calf right that's something Mm -hmm. these kids need to develop is just to feel it right to feel when you're absolutely 
Absolutely. You know, when you are giving the judge that much attention and you know you got your female stuck or your animal stuck right when you pulled in, you know, it's it's not going to kill you to, you know, take that quick peek. Okay, I'm going to bend over here, check my back legs. They're good. I know my front feet are good there and just go back to doing what you're doing with the judge. But, you know, when it comes to feeling that out, you know, if I feel my heifer move or I see her hip or her loin move, I know that something adjusted. And that way I right. can either one, pull them up and walk them into it again. Because I gave myself ample amounts of space. Remember prior to that, I, right. I gave myself plenty amount of space between the female in front of me and my heifer to where I can pull up two steps if I want to. Or if she doesn't want to pull up and she keeps walking, I can take her in a full circle and do all that again, pull her back into it and still give myself ample amounts of space between me and the female in front of me. I think that's a really good point because, and it all goes back to spacing again, right? Which is one of the things that we've hit on earlier is if you leave yourself the appropriate amount of space, then if your heifer moves, like you said, you could just pull her up a few steps instead mm -hmm. of circling her. I mean, generally Absolutely. speaking, if you don't have to circle them and you can just pull them up, that's a great thing. Absolutely. And say you have one that you know maybe doesn't walk as well as you would like her to at that show. You know, instead of taking them 20 steps in a circle, catching that judge's attention, you know, I can pull her right. up two steps and then it's like nothing ever happened. Right. That's a very, very good point. That's a very good point. So, Kane, when you have to move a foot on your calf, how much of it, and you're going to use your show stick, how much is it just show stick? Do you use your hand a little bit on your lead side? I mean, Describe how you do that. Absolutely. And it's exactly how you stated it right there. You know, as much of it that is the pressure from the show stick, how you react on the halter is inevitably how far or how not far or opposite direction that that foot is going to move. If I'm going to reach back to my off show side back leg to try and bring it up, yes, I'm going to reach down. I'm going to apply pressure with the hook to the back end of that right under the dew claw right on that back end of that off show side leg but at the same time i'm going to slightly pull forward on my animal's halter and that way they know okay i don't need to go back i need to adjust this foot forward i'm not just gotcha. yanking on them i'm going to give them that slight little bit of force so that they know okay it's kind of a guide in a sense so that way they okay gotcha. okay i know i need to pull my foot up but I don't need to, I'm not starting to walk. I'm not starting to go into a full stride. It's, is it almost in a sense as when you're giving the pressure on the halter, you're telling them the direction you're wanting them to move and the show six is telling them to pick their foot up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you got your calf stuck, you got them walked into place. Where do you like to say, it's a two part question. Where do you like to stand in relation to your calf? And then what is your body language that you like to utilize for success? Is it loud? Is it quiet? You know, I've seen all different things. What do you like? Absolutely. And to adjust the first part of that question, um, where I try to locate myself, whenever I get my female parked, um, I do pride myself in being able to, when I'm holding the halter with my left hand, facing my heifer um, that's already set up scratching, I try and do a locked arm or a straight arm, um, which therefore gives me enough space for my heifer 
which therefore puts me just in front of their head, but at, at the angle towards the off show side of them. So if you were to draw mm-hmm. a line at about a 45 degree angle out from their neck, that's where I would be. I would be straight armed out. That way I can scratch, I can relax. And that way I can see not only the judge, but I can see the heifer behind me. I can see the heifer in front of me out of the corner of my eye. And therefore, I know mm-hmm. if I see something going on, I can jump on the opportunity right away to either pull up, circle, or, you know, get pulled in to, you know, hopefully win the dang class. So I think that's, right. a, I think that's a key thing. Um, you know, you have littler kids that maybe can't see quite over those big bred females. And the best thing I can tell you to do is just watch that judge. You know, you, if you can get a little bit of distance while still keeping that head propped up, and keep your eye on the judge, do it. Whatever you have to do to get your eye on the judge, do it. But, you know, I don't try to get masked behind my heifer because one, that can affect the look of their neck, how their, you know, their shoulder goes into their neck and so on and so forth. And that could also, that that hinders my vision seeing the whole ring. Right. And and to adjust the second part of your question, um, I'm, I'm very, very quiet. Um, when it comes to showing my female in the ring, um, you know, it's, it's, we've all been there. We've had that one that's difficult to show. You're frustrated, but the worst thing you can do is show it. If you show that frustration and start getting aggressive, you know, hitting your heifer or your, with your stick, not only mm-hmm. is that going to make that, that animal, you know, anxious and want to move, and that's also going to affect how they're going to walk, how they're going to set up for you, how long they might stand there for. There's a lot of things that can kind of contribute from, you know, bopping them with the, with the show stick. And I'm guilty yeah. as ever. I, I've definitely done it. But, uh, you know, there's a, bit, there's, a lot, there's a better plus to not doing it and a worse, you know, minus, for lack of a better terms, when you do do it. And that's going to affect your female. And that's not the best way, in my opinion, and in my experience, to show that animal. Right. Now, that brings me to another point of, let's say, and it generally happens at the first couple shows you take them to. Your calf, you've been working with it at home. We've been working every day. And your calf is not behaving, right? He. He or she is not doing what we tried at home, what worked at home, and things are falling apart out there for you. Kind of what is your mentality? How do you approach that? Like, how do you keep it from completely falling apart and salvaging? Yeah. yeah. So I struggled with that a lot when I was younger, um, getting frustrated in the ring. It's just frustrating. You know, he seems like all the wheels are falling off the bus. But the mm-hmm. most important thing you do, you can do is stay calm and be patient because when you're calm and you're patient and you can present that your animal, whether you believe it or not, senses that. And when your yeah, animal senses, your animal senses, oh, my, my owner, my handler is calm. There's no, no reason for me to be, you know, anxious or trying to freak out or trying to get away. And that's one of the biggest things, you know, so instead of getting all mad and hitting them on the nose and basically adding to that already, you know, very large amount of pressure on the animal, you know, it's just not going to correlate well into the ring. Right. Right. 
No, that's a good point. I always equate those first shows, especially for the families that are listening that maybe only have one calf or two calves at home and they go to that show. It's like when you come back to school or something after a summer, everyone's excited and everyone just, no one wants to listen to rules. I mean, those calves are always really tough and just kind of prepare for that and expect that it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And like you said, the calmer you can remain without getting worked up, generally the better the results are. And I think that's true Mm -hmm. of whatever show you go to, but especially those first two, expect there's going to be a little bit of struggle at some point in the weekend. Absolutely. You know, that that's all new to them, like you said. I mean, whether you're going to take them into a showmanship contest or you're going to fit them and get them prepared for a show, that's all new to them. Standing in that shoot for so long, being up for that long, you can keep them tied up at home, but all the action that goes around at the show is, stress on that female or that steer it's just part of it so there's always going to be bumps in the road and curveballs that come with it but how you can react is going to calm that animal down the best for you and give you the best results now most shows at varying levels they have both a showmanship contest and then the actual show portion where they're evaluating the animal are there mm-hmm. any differences on how you show or things you like or this like um between those two different competitions absolutely you know um there is slight differences but what you're trying to accomplish in showmanship is to prove that you can exhibit that animal so what do you have to change when you're going to take it into that show you're trying to exhibit that animal to the fullest potential where they're going to look the best they absolutely can and don't get me wrong this is one of my pet peeves um But in showmanship, I mean, and you and I are probably guilty of this, you know, being a Mm -hmm. ring coach, um, trying to tell your showman how you want that female or what foot needs to be moved, how much and where and loin them and all, all that information. And I'm guilty of it. But I think that that's fine in the actual show. You know, you're trying to make sure that female or that steer looks their absolute best because at the end of the day, it is what animal you know is deemed the best by the judge and that's exactly what you want right. to do but in showmanship i think i think we should just rope off the all the the whole makeup ring i don't think parents should be able to stand by the <laughs> gate but uh you know i think you need to, that's an opportunity one for your child to learn uh, the best you can and that's a way that's a way for them to do something on their own you know right. i i have all the support in the world from my parents and more but when i'm in the when i'm in the showmanship ring i'm on my own it is me and my animal and that judge that i'm trying to burn a hole in by staring at him for so long and that's just that's exactly how i see it um i understand the ring coaching for a kid that you know is maybe eight years old and just starting but i also think that it's super important for a kid to learn to do that on their own because if they can learn to do it on their own, when they get into the show ring, they're not going to be as dependent when it comes to the actual show. So if I right. see, like we talked about earlier, I see my female move, and I see, I see her hip move, and a, a back leg goes out, I know, oh, hey, I don't need to look to my folks or to my hired guy to tell me where to go. I can just pull up and reset that female and get her looking good. That's a very good point. I think if you know, the whole showmanship contest portion of it, that should be a true test of your skill, right? 
And I agree. Not I only agree. is that good for for your, uh, not only is that good for you as yeah, I won or I was third. But if you're third or fourth, then you know, hey, that that's on me. I need to improve to be third, second, first. Right? It's a true test of your ability. I agree. I agree. And, you know, we talked about it earlier. I mean, a good showman in the actual show part can mean the difference between that, that animal winning the class and winning a division and winning the whole show or being left standing and you don't get the second look. I think that's a really big part of it. So show day morning rolls around. You've done all the work. You've done all the stuff. You're at the fair. Is there anything that goes through your mind to, to mentally prepare yourself? to be effective in the show ring absolutely and i'm i'm one of the most superstitious people you'll ever meet i have my routine that i have to go through on a show day and if i don't i just feel out of it i don't feel like i'm mentally and ready and focused but um you know that starts like you said in the morning and in the morning on a show day or a showmanship day you have to do the little things right. And whether that's, you know, rinsing them, getting them super dry. And from there, you know, you go to work hair, you work hair, you sheen them, you know, you take a scrub brush, scrub brush and really work that leg hair, you know, mm-hmm. comb their tail, tail ball out, everything. The little thing on that show day morning are going to make that female look fresher at the end of the day and Hopefully, when you're doing that and when you're staying calm doing that, so is your animal. And so it's a very, very simple but trickle-down effect that if you can do the little things right, the big things try to, you know, tend to follow that and suit. And I think I'm a firm believer in that. And, you know, I have my routine that I do every morning. You know, we're washing, we're feeding, I'm working hair. I'm trying to make sure that animal is as comfortable as possible. That when it comes, you know, go time, I, not only I'm ready to go, but so is my animal. That's interesting because a lot of those things that you just mentioned in terms of your routine on show day don't really have that much to do with scratching or moving feet or anything like that. It's it's the stuff beyond the show ring, right? It's the stuff beyond absolutely the practice and all of that. That's really interesting. Now, when you're practicing at home, you got them leading, you got them doing all that stuff. They're used to the show stick. You do you practice showmanship with their show halter on when you're at home, or do you use a rope halter? When we first start doing showmanship, um, we will just purely use a regular rope halter. Make sure that they're used to it, you know, because you know they just now learned that the show halter or that the rope halter is okay that they're comfortable with it. They don't mind it getting put on or taken off of them. But as we enter that month prior to working and, you know, going to a show, we're going to start that first week. We're going to do it once or twice. We're going to put it on them underneath the rope halter, grab both Mm -hmm. of the ropes, the leads, and do that for about two, three times that week. And then the next week, I'm going to just purely two, three times again, I'm just going to purely use the show halter. And that week prior to, I'm going to use the show halter all week for everything that we do. And that's exactly how, and that's going to give them that transition because a rope halter isn't going to make the clanking and the, and the crinkling sounds that the metal show halter is. So again, it's another thing for them to adjust to when there's something under their chin like that, under their jaw like that, they have to adjust to it. So when 
the quicker they can adjust to that, the quicker they're going to react and be more calm when it is that time to put it on. Speaking of show halters, in recent years, there's been a lot of new variations come out. I've seen the cable halter. I've seen the spike chain halter. I've seen the regular show halter where sometimes people vet wrap them or put the handles on them. Uh, have you used any of those? Is there a purpose or a place where you like to use those different types of show halters? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to use all of those, <laughs> whether that's a good thing or not. Um, you know, that, that is part of it. Um, we utilize vet wrap a lot when it comes to our show halters, because I think it adds that kind of padding and that kind of cushion that kind of resembles a rope halter on that female. You know, we're not so going to go overboard. So you're wrapping the chain part with the vet yes, wrap. Yes, that goes right? under their jaw. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to kind of help that female relax a little bit more. Oh, this isn't such a big, scary, different thing after all kind of deal. Um, when it comes to the spike halter, I think the spike halter is a really interesting thing. Um, you know, some people think, oh, I need to put it on one that's maybe a little more spookish or a little more head heavy. And yes, that is the case. You can definitely do that. But, you know, then again, you're going to have to worry about them reacting to that spikes when they actually kind of dig in. That's kind of a different way to look at it. You need to know how that female or that steer is going to react when that spike does hit the, you know, their underside of their jaw. Um, we've also utilized a spike halter for one that doesn't quite hold their, hold their head right when they're in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, one that might try and, you know, make their lower, their pull of their head kind of in line with their neck and kind of make it more of a straight, uh, straight look than it would be on a, how a normal cow would hold their head. And sometimes when you give them that spike halter under their jaw, they tilt their, which would be their nose down back to that normal position. To try and balance that out, um, I think it's a good way. And some of them do react to it. Some of them don't. But I think that's a good way to try and balance that or kind of get them used to holding their head right when it is the show ring. Because then again, like we said, they are, um, you know, they're surprised by a different halter, the different sounds, the different feels. I think we've definitely utilized that. Um, and then, you know, the cable halter is something that, it's definitely new. We've definitely used it before. Um, I've, I have good things to say about it. I, you know, it, it did its job. It did its purpose. I had one that just would not react to my halter. She was heavy headed. She was a little bit spookish on the end of it. You know, mm -hmm. the shows were a new thing. Um, and you know, it did do its job. It did, helped that female calm down it gave me more confidence when it came to leading that heifer and sticking that heifer which was great for me because confidence at, at the end of the day if you can walk in the ring with confidence you're going to be better off um and so you know that's that's definitely something we used uh, we've used all three of those things to, on different different things um but i definitely see the pros to all of them and i think an important thing you mentioned i just want to highlight is try it at home and see how they react. Don't do it for mm -hmm. the first time when you're at the show. Yes, Test absolutely. it out at home. See what they do. Mm -hmm. What about show stick length? There's a lot of variables out there. I mean, do you change show stick sizes from calf to calf, or do you kind of use a one-size-fits-all? And How do you determine what stick you're taking in there with you? Yeah, so again, it goes back to me being a little superstitious. I've actually used the same show stick for my entire life. 
um really since i yeah since i first started showing (laughs) in in 2007 i got a uh, i got a show stick from my grandpa and i've never ever used anything else to show an animal that might be the most impressive thing i've ever heard (laughs) whether i'm showing my female or somebody else's animal i uh i use that show stick i'm superstitious it's my good luck charm but you know when i first started using that when i was went back in 2007 i would have been seven or eight years old my first show that thing was huge compared to me yeah uh, it, it it towered over me and you know that kind of makes it a little awkward um i understand when i am younger i don't have the long arms that i do now so having that maybe a little bit lengthier show stick to reach all four of the feet when you do have to move something um is a big thing but in all honesty when i was really young this is gonna you know come full circle from what we talked about earlier but we talked about walking him into it i I was using my show stick to purely scratch my heifer i was trying to walk him into it every single time get them comfortable and get right to scratch them if i had to use it i could use it but otherwise i rarely did when i was younger and still to this day that's the case I, I try and walk it into it. You know, if I have to adjust a foot ever so slightly, yep, I'll use my stick and I'll pull on the halter a little bit. But inevitably, it goes back to what we talked about. Learning to walk them into yeah. is one of the most important things when it comes to showing animal. I can't even keep a show stick around here for like two weeks. Or keep them straight. <laughs> yeah, keep them straight. <laughs> well, Kane, this has been a lot of really good information. To kind of summarize things, if you were to tell uh, any showman at any age, what are the big three things that you would say that factor into your success as a showman? Yeah, so um, I'm going to kind of split this up into two separate categories. They're all equally important. On the showing and showmanship side of it, I think it's important to understand your demeanor and to be calm and to be patient. I think that's a big thing uh, when it comes to working on your animal. The second one would be work hard, be disciplined, get in the barn every day, you know, work on that animal. The more you're going to work, the more, the better and better they're going to get. And you're going to become a pair or a team with you and that animal. I think that's an amazing thing. I think that's going to help you tremendously as you continue your show career. And the third thing is, you know, we, we've stressed it over and over again, but learning to walk them into it is one of the most crucial parts to learning to show. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. My mother preached it to me. I had everybody over my shoulder preaching it to me, and uh, I, I mm-hmm. still preach it to this day, you know, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's at a show with a young exhibitor. I think those three things are incredible to be able to do. Kind of going away from the show and showmanship part of it, there's three things that people take for granted. And uh, I know I've, I had this issue when I was younger, too, and it really comes into perspective to me now. Now that I'm in college, I'm moving on. I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking at careers and things along those lines. The first and most important one is thank everybody who helped you along the way. Your parents, right. your siblings, your hired guys, the people who helped you fit. Everybody plays a part, and I cannot ever be more thankful for the people that have helped me in my life and developed me into a showman and developed me into a bigger person outside of the ring. That's incredible. 
Your parents are there to help you. They love you. They're going to guide you every step of the way. I think thanking those people is one of the biggest things. The second thing is keep on grinding, keep working. You know, there's going to be days where it's hard to get up and go to the barn, or there's going to be days where it's frustrating when you're working out there. But keep, keep pushing, keep working. I promise, I promise if you put in the work and you put in the time, it will be worth it at the end of the day. And thirdly, just have fun. I mean, we're, you're yeah. able to do this for a limited amount of time. And this is, it's been some of the funnest memories. I've met some of the greatest people, my greatest friends by doing this whole thing. Enjoy it because it is gone before you know it. And I'm getting there to the end of my show career. And then I'm just going to be another one of those faces in the crowd. And, you know, I want, I want you to enjoy it. That's, those are the three biggest takeaways I have. Kane, this has been awesome information you've provided to me and to the listeners out there. This has been a great 45 minutes of learning. Um, you're going to be at a lot of shows this summer and this fall. you mm -hmm. mind if some of these listeners, if they run into you, they can come up and talk to you and ask you some questions. I mean, you're a passionate guy about this, right? Oh, absolutely. This is something that is, hits me at home wholeheartedly. Um, do not be a stranger. Feel free to ask me anything. But if they happen to miss you at some of these shows, where can they learn more about you or how can they get in touch? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, my my ad is Blake 10 You know, it's an old timey uh, at, but uh, that's a great way to reach me. I'm on social media. Um, I have a new internship, a new job with a company called Bovatech. I'm going to be at a majority of the three junior national shows this summer. Um, so I'll definitely be there. Look for the, uh, the blue booth. And that's where I can be. Otherwise, like he said, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or anything along those lines. You guys are always willing to talk about this stuff. Or whether you just want to say hi, I'm always here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know Kane is not shy about talking about literally anything. <laughs> so if you run into him. Don't be afraid to approach him. Kane, I appreciate your time. I'm sure the listeners do as well. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you soon here at the Junior Nationals in Des Moines. Hey, thank you, Ferris. I really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you. Yep, you bet. Well, there it is, folks. I want to say thank you one more time again to Kane for spending so much time with us today. Uh, as always, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Uh, feel free to rate us or leave any comments that you may choose. Also, if there's any topics that you would like us to cover, feel free to shoot us an email at our address, shootsidepodcast at gmail.com. Shootsidepodcast at gmail.com. It's all one word. Send in some submissions or anything that you think we might need to cover or that you'd like to hear. Uh, feel free to let us know. We appreciate your guys' time. We appreciate the support. And uh, keep your eye out for new episodes dropping every couple weeks. Thanks.